Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Happy Pluto Day! So today's episode, we are going to be talking about Pluto and its discovery. So February 18th was the anniversary of the discovery of Pluto, way back in 1930. So coming up in the next few years, we will be looking at the 100th anniversary of the discovery of Pluto. Now, finding Pluto was actually a pretty difficult task. And this was done by a scientist named Clyde Tombaugh. And how he did this, because this was way back before we had all of the advanced computer programs and things we have today, is he was specifically looking for a planet beyond the orbit of Neptune. And he found a lot of things other than just Pluto as well. But he was specifically looking for something out there along this special part of the solar system that we call the ecliptic. So this is Earth's orbital path. So basically the path that we take around the sun and stretched out into the rest of the solar system. And most of the planets and a lot of the asteroids and other things in the solar system follow this general path around the sun. So Clyde Tombaugh was looking along this path in the solar system. And what he would do is by night, he would look through his telescope and he would take images. So he'd take photos of the night sky. And then during the day, he would look at those photographs and he would compare them to photos he'd taken of the same part of the sky previously. So he would flip through these photos and look for a change. So some of the lights would, those points of light in his photo would stay the same because they were the stars way far in the distance. But what he'd be looking for is if there was a little point of light that seemed to move. And if he found that, that meant that it was an asteroid or a comet or a planet that was closer to Earth than all those other stars. And on February 18th, he found it. He found Pluto. Now, why was this so exciting? Well, they didn't know it at the time, but Pluto was the first thing to be found in the third region of our solar system. So up until that point, we didn't know that there was anything beyond Neptune. All we knew about was the inner solar system and what at the time we called the outer solar system, which now we know isn't the outer solar system where Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune are. Today, we think of that as the middle solar system. In fact, it's quite close into the sun compared to the rest of the solar system that Pluto opened up the door to. And that is the outer region of the solar system, which has the Kuiper belt in it. And that's where Pluto lives. And there's another region that we think exists way beyond the Kuiper belt called the Oort cloud, which we've talked about a few times on this podcast and we'll come back to talking about again because it's a really fascinating area. So let's talk also about what Pluto is. 
So Pluto is a dwarf planet. Now, what that means is going to depend on who you ask. Now, in planetary science, which is my field, by the way, planetary scientists usually use what's called the geophysical planet definition. And this definition looks at planets and says, okay, what what counts as a planet? And there are two things that a planet needs to do to be considered a planet. It has to have enough mass. It needs to be made of enough stuff that its own gravity will pull it into the shape of a ball. Now, it doesn't have to be a perfect sphere. In fact, we don't know of any planets that are perfect spheres at all, but more or less ball-shaped. But it can't have so much mass that it becomes a star, where it gets so, so hot at its core that it starts smashing atoms together in a process called nuclear fusion. So if an object can do both of these things, have enough mass that it's round, but not so much mass that it becomes a star, or at some point in its life was a star, right? Like a neutron star or white dwarf. They're not fusing anymore, but they have enough mass that they were fusing at one point in their life. And we consider that a planet. So this definition is is pretty consistent, meaning it's what we've been using for roughly about 400 years. And this is how most planetary scientists talk about planets. So Pluto counts under this definition, definitely counts as a planet, right? It has enough mass that it's round, and it definitely doesn't have enough mass to become a star. So different kinds of planets, we might add a word on at the beginning to help describe it. For instance, Earth is a terrestrial or rocky planet, and Jupiter is a gas giant planet. Well, Pluto is a dwarf planet, meaning a very small planet, but still a planet. Now, there's another definition that you've probably heard of before, which is the IAU, or Astronomical International Astronomical Union's definition. And this was one that was voted on in 2006 by a group, actually a relatively small group out of the total group of astronomers, mostly people who were stellar astronomers, meaning people who study stars. And they voted on a definition that included caring about where something is for whether they count it as a planet or not. Has this part of the definition that says that it needs to have cleared its orbit. Now, most planetary scientists don't agree with that and don't use that definition. So even though that definition gets taught, planetary scientists don't care where an object is. It's kind of like a duck, right? If the duck is in the water, or the duck is flying in the air, or the duck is waddling on the beach, it's still a duck, no matter where it is, right? We're more interested in the things about a duck, like that it has wings, and it has a bill and webbed feet and lays eggs and says quack, right? Those are the things that we care about that make something a duck. The things planetary scientists care about to make something a planet is about the mass and how inside of the planet, the layers start to separate out and you can have movement of heat and materials and really interesting things like that. We think it's interesting where the planet is, but we don't think that that means that it has to be that it's suddenly not a planet if it is orbiting around another planet or orbiting around another star or doesn't orbit anything at all, right? That's interesting, but that doesn't change what it is. That just changes where it is. So Pluto is probably the most well-known of the dwarf planets. 
Surprisingly, though, it wasn't actually the first to be discovered. Ceres in the asteroid belt was the very first one that was actually discovered 129 years before Pluto was. But Pluto was the last of the dwarf planets until the 21st century to be discovered, except for Pluto's largest moon, Charon. So in the 1970s, a moon was discovered orbiting Pluto. Now this moon, it turns out, is so large and massive in comparison to Pluto, it's still a lot smaller than a planet like Earth, much smaller than a planet like Jupiter. But compared to Pluto, it's so big that the two planets actually orbit around each other and are considered a binary or double planet. Now, what's more is that it turns out there are moons that orbit around Pluto and Charon, and those are called circumbinary, meaning they go around the two moons. Now, these are little moons, and they're not planets. They're just sort of lumpy shapes of rock and ice. So for a long time, we studied Pluto with telescopes, but we couldn't really see very much of Pluto because Pluto and Charon are about 40 times as far away from the sun as we are. And the diameter of Pluto is pretty close to the diameter of, say, Australia. So still really big, the size of a continent practically, but not quite as big as Earth. So we couldn't really see very much about it. So scientists launched a spacecraft called New Horizons. They launched it back in 2006, and it took all the way until 2015 to get to Pluto. And when it arrived, the jaws of scientists around the world dropped. They were amazed. A lot of people thought that when we got to Pluto, we were going to see a cold, dead world, frozen, covered in ancient craters. But this is not what we saw. Now, it certainly was a frozen world, but it was an active world with glaciers and ice volcanoes and young surfaces that have been sculpted by these different kinds of ice and giant spikes sticking out of the ground. So it turns out Pluto is very geologically active. It's one of the most geologically active worlds or planets in our solar system. Now, the spacecraft New Horizons was a flyby mission. So we still have to send a mission back to Pluto in the future to orbit around it so it can take more and more photos. But New Horizons just flew through the system, taking photos of Charon and Pluto, and then it kept going. And it's still going out today, and it's out in the Kuiper Belt still exploring. But it sent the pictures back to us, and scientists are still studying those pictures today because there's so much to learn about this incredible world. Which is, I have to say, probably one of my top three favorite planets. Pluto is amazing. And I hope to talk more about Pluto with all of you. And of course, wish you a happy Pluto Day. And thank you everyone so much for joining us here on the podcast. If you have questions or topics that you would like us to talk about, have your folks send that in to the email in the description. And we've got a couple of great questions that you've sent in over the last couple of weeks coming up. I can't wait to talk about those with you. And as always, my friends, 
I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.